the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. You have found us. Hello. We weren't hiding. No, no, we just weren't here yet in this episode. Now we're here. Now we're here, and we're so glad you're here, and we're glad that you've given this a chance. Give love a chance, Mm, and give us one, too. Can I give some some practical advice? I know the weather's starting to get pleasant for all parts of the country. Fall is beautiful. Carter, would you give us some practical advice? If you are lost in the woods because you're going on a hike, and you're socially distanced, and it's a safe activity, and it's just pleasant, Mm -hmm. but you get lost in the woods, start talking loudly about politics. Someone will come to argue with you, so at least you'll be found. (laughs) The only thing is, is that if you win the argument, they'll leave you. <laughs> so get a ride, then win the <laughs> argument, and then get home safely. Get home yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Okay. Uh, no, this is the the podcast where we talk about what we're going through spiritually. And so we'd love for you to be able to hit the subscribe button and binge past episodes if this is a you find this to be a good tool for you. And leave a rating. We'd encourage you to leave a rating just so more people huh. can see it that way. An honest rating, as long as it's all the stars. Exactly right. Only if it's honest. <laughs> but if it's honest and it's not five stars, then just move, then move along. Then forget it. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I feel, I was kind of thinking about the last few episodes we've done, and I've been very passionate about different things, about being bold and, and all this. And um, I know that in my life, when people can kind of go there, I can kind of um, shrivel up a little bit and 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 be embarrassed about how I live my faith. And one thing that really stops the, um, the shame, Mm -hmm. it stops the confusion is to be reminded about how much God loves me. Because oftentimes if you're a personality like mine, you feel like you got to, if you're not being a good enough Christian, well, God might not love me. God might be annoyed by me. Mm. And God always wants us to, to go to better, certainly to grow. We've, we've talked about that in this podcast, just, Hey, we're all growing together. We're not experts here. And so what I wanted to do today was just read a few verses to remind us all about God's love. Because okay. if you're there uh, about questioning God's love for you, I think that's where it has to start. Yeah. Because then faith kicks in and then your motivation to be able to do good deeds, which isn't what saves you, but it's just a fruit, as they call it, of of recognizing that God loved you first. Well, if you think about it as a parent of two kids, and perhaps you've never been par- a parent, but you were a kid at one point, yeah. whenever someone would come alongside you, and share their love and support with you, all of a sudden you started believing in yourself. Mm, mm-hmm. So if that's true for you when you were a child, oh, they they think I'm pretty special. They think I'm all right. And yeah. then the, you find that the child starts trying a little bit more in their education or trying a little bit more doing whatever it is in life. Um, that How much more is that accurate for things in, in terms of faith? It's something we should start with every day. And I often think of the things I got to do. And then there's just more pressure because it's like, well, and I got to do it. I got to do things for God, too. (laughs) And if you start (laughs) with, man, God loves me. I want to look for opportunities today Mm. to just simply share that love with other people. Yeah. And so let me just read. I just kind of pulled up some verses about love, about God's love for us in the Bible. And I think, hey, let's start with the basics. John 316. Everybody's heard about the verse. Let's just break it down. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Mm. I'm going to stop and reflect in it and what what comes to mind? With the most famous verse on the planet? Yeah, yeah. Thank you? Is it it a thank you for me? I am loved by God. Mm -hmm. I am loved by God to the point where he had a plan from the beginning to get us out of our mess. We know that in Genesis, it shares that from the creation of the world, from the beginning, 
he had a plan because he knew yeah. that he knew that we would we would choose ourselves over him mm. in sin. And uh, Jesus came. He sent himself to die. He sent himself to cover us with grace. He knew he couldn't bless our disobedience. He knew he could not bless our sin, but he could give grace, a gift we didn't deserve so that we could live with him forever. And the way that he set it up, I, I heard it that why didn't Jesus just come, you know, right after Adam and Eve? And so then it was just, it would just be, we'd all be living in the Christian era. Sure. That's it, a great question to ask. Because you see that God proved, nobody would have believed him. But God, over hundreds of years, was able to prove mm -hmm. who he was by all these prophets. And then Jesus meeting all of those prophets. And only, you know, the 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 trillions of zeros that we went over last Christmas by just like five or six of the uh, prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And yet he filled a ton of prophecies over hundreds of years that people predicted. And so now that we know mm -hmm. This is God, and this is how much he loves us, that he had this perfect plan and put Jesus on this earth at the right time. It's the right timing. I don't know how it's the right timing. I can't perceive that. I won't even pretend to know why it was the exact right timing when Jesus was sent, but I can. I know that I can trust him because I've been able to trust him with my past, my present, and I know he, I will be able to trust him with my future. So I can trust him in the fact that he chose to send Jesus when he did. But there have been all throughout Scripture, you know, let's look at the fact that Jesus didn't come until thousands of years after creation. There were moments of great interception, if you will, where God rescued people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was talking about the, the story of Jonah with Caleb, and I told Caleb, I said, honestly, my son, he's mm -hmm. 11. I know Jonah gets a lot of the attention because, you know, the book is the book of Jonah and he was a prophet, yeah. which means he spoke to, with God. He heard from God. And then he was the one who went out and told people about it. I don't really care for Jonah as a prophet. Now I'm really grateful for grace and mercy and second chances. And I know that in eternity, I'm going to talk with him about all of his. He's going to talk so much about fishing. He's going to talk a lot about, about marine life. And you're going to be like, man, Jonah, come on, man. You I've heard that second, story a lot. Let's break down the story though. Super quick. I'm going to okay. give you the super quick version of Jonah. Yeah. Jonah. Hey, it's God. I need you to go tell Nineveh they're doing wrong. Tell them what's up. And then they need to say, I am sorry. Otherwise we're, I'm going to take them out like Sodom and Gomorrah style. Mm -hmm. And Jonah says, ew, <laughs> no. Yeah. Just disobeys flat out, gets on a boat to go the opposite direction. Not going to do it. Sends a storm. God sends a storm. It's so bad that the guys on board are like, man, the gods are angry. Somebody did something they shouldn't have. And no, Jonah says, it's not God's. It's the God and it's me. And he's like, you got to throw me overboard. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. And these guys, they seem like pretty legit guys because they weren't like, oh, okay, right away. They said, are you crazy? No, I'm going to kill you. That's no. Trust me. Everybody on this boat is not going to be safe until you do it. So they throw him overboard. Immediately, the storm stops. Honestly, at that moment, God could have stopped Jonah, mm -hmm. like just stopped his whole life. And he could have picked any number of people to be his prophet, but he chosen Jonah. And he gives Jonah an opportunity to repent himself. He's being guilty of the very thing that the Ninevites are guilty of. He sinned. He disobeyed. Yeah. And so instead of letting Jonah die, which is what he deserved, he sends grace in the form of a giant fish to swallow him up so that he could live for a few days. And it's not even, it's not even in that moment where he's on the boat going, 
Yeah, it was me. He's not even repentant then. It takes for him to get swallowed by a fish where he goes, I'm sorry. But even then, his whole heart isn't in it. Because after he gets spit up back onto the beach by the giant fish, he finally goes to Nineveh, obeys God, but only with half a heart. Because he tells Ninevites, hey, you need to clean up your act. But it's it's not like this. My heart is in this moment with you guys right now. Like, if you just repent, if you just, you know, get right before God, it's going to be good. Let me walk this journey with you. No, he goes and sits outside of the city, literally waiting for a fireworks show. Like, he wants them to perish. All right, God, strike him down. That's not the part of the story you hear in Sunday school. No, it's not the part of the story. No. And it's the worst. My favorite character, I think, potentially, and we don't know his story, is the king. I want you to fathom that king. He's the king of Nineveh. He probably came from a long line of jerks. This is the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it our way because we're kings. We can get away with it. You know, doing whatever we want with whoever we want, however we want, take out as many people as we want. I'm the king. But there must have been something along the way. Think about in your own life where God found you in that place where you were ready for transition. It took a few steps before that place of transition before you were ready. I think for me, I'm sure that's true. It's like it takes a few (laughs) tries before you light the fire or Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm. But maybe it was, I don't know, he was out on the palace steps and he sees butterflies come by, a swarm of butterflies. And God reminds him through nature, uh, you're not alone here. And it's not all about you. And maybe that thought was gone as quickly as the the flurry of butterflies. And then he was on doing the, the kingly things that were selfish and self-involved. But he had a moment. He had a God moment then. And maybe there were a series of those moments that reminded him there's something more. There's something more. And God loved that king so much, that selfish king so much, he sent a prophet to warn him. Yeah. And this guy, this king, humbles himself. What do we need to do? I can tell you right now that was not the response that Jonah thought he was going to get. Yeah, there was he would have gone much easier probably. And he repented. It's just amazing to see all the examples. You're right. Even before Jesus is, you know, a time in the Bible where God is so forgiving and shows that. And the the Israelite people come to mind when I always screw up the names on this one, but where, uh, and hey, just FYI, if you got kids around, who is it that is, Rahab is the prostitute. Mm -hmm. Who is married to her and he makes stay with her? You're talking about Hosea. Yes. Hosea is the one that God says, stay with this prostitute. Yeah. But, and it's an example of how he hasn't given up on people. Yes. How God hasn't given up on people. Because he uses that prostitute as an example of that you guys have been unfaithful to yeah. me. You, Israel, have been unfaithful to me. But you used an incredible example of Rahab, too. Rahab was, he, she did get married after her prostitution. After she saw, you know, after she believed in God. After she said, all right, I'm willing to commit here. And became a part of you know, she wasn't, she was an outsider. She wasn't of Hebrew birth, but uh, she became a part of the lineage of Jesus. You see the redemption all the way through history. God wanting to redeem people. That is nothing but love. Mm. It covers a multitude of sin. Uh, another one that I want to share with you, First John four sixteen, And so we know and rely on the love of God uh, that, ha- that has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And then I, I think this one is just the one that stuns me every time when I think about it. 
you don't find yourself in Zephaniah a whole bunch. No. But I'd encourage you in chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Yeah. That, that God sings over you. You listening right now, God is singing over you. And it's when we get in that relationship with Jesus, when we believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I, I think about the uh, moments in movies that we've seen made by Hollywood uh, about warriors back in the olden times. And after they, you know, <laughs> pillaged a village or whatever it is mm -hmm. that they did, they won the battle. And all of the bards would sing of their mighty victories and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think God is, is singing the victory. It's over you. He's so excited. That's an incredibly powerful, because it's, it yeah. states also he was a warrior, but now not only is he the one who, who fights for you, but he doesn't rely on others to sing about it. I'm going to sing about it because I am ecstatic mm. that you're mine. Wow. I just hope that was uh, helpful for you today yeah. to remind you of that and maybe get that, get back on track with that, have that relief and then be able to, when we serve God, we do it just because he loves us, not because we need to impress him because none of that will, mm -hmm. none, he looks for the heart, not the actions. Yeah. I need you to, I, I need you to do what I'm trying to do. I need you to stop it. I need you to stop condemning who you see looking back at you in the mirror. Mm. Whether it's a physical thing or it's a, a financial thing or whatever it is that that you feel trapped by, that it imprisons your your thoughts, holds you captive. Um, because the words that we just went over today and how God loves you so much, you know, just grabbing hold of those truths is part of getting yourself out of the prison. And I was reading um, this verse the other day. Uh, you were talking about how uh, the books of the Bible that maybe are not ones that we peruse through as often. A Philemon is one for me that I don't, I don't know that I I've forget about that one. Never really quoted a lot out of Philemon, but this particular verse says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And this devotional I was reading started out by saying, okay, don't you think it's time for you to start confessing the good things about yourself? First of all, that invests in faith. That helps turn the key on your faith. You're in a car, sitting in a beautiful car. It's lovely, but you haven't turned the key in the ignition. You ain't going anywhere. Mm. How are you going to turn the key on your faith? And basically his suggestion was, well, what does it say in this scripture? Acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You are co-heirs with Jesus. What does that mean? Like, even if you've never owned anything monetary-wise here on this planet, you have nothing of value except maybe that one Star Wars figure that you collected back in the you know, early 80s, and you've been holding on to that for a while for eBay. Just in case. Just in case. But uh, maybe you've got lots of wealth. I don't know. You don't feel it on the inside. You feel like you're not enough. You know, I look in the mirror lately. I think the further you get in years, you do this more. And it's so sad because you cringe about when you used to evaluate your appearance when you were really young and you were so critical, oh my goodness, I need to do this. I need to do that. Nobody will ever love me. And then you get married and he's always oh, wonderful. And then after a couple of years, he can't love me anymore. Look at me. I'm mm. worse than this or whatever. We tear ourselves apart. And I was reminded in a message the other day about how we are made in the image of God. 
I'm literally insulting my creator when I start making fun of what I see in the mirror. Mm. It doesn't mean that I need to be in denial about what's there, but how can I learn to embrace me? And this scripture really points out, I need to embrace who Jesus is in me. And if I can embrace who he is in me, then I will learn to accept the things that I cannot change. And that's so key. So what are the things that are available to me? And I immediately thought of the fruit of the spirit. And they're so casually put out there in my childhood uh, when I memorized them for a Sunday school situation. I'm like, okay, love and joy and peace. You see our three other fruits we need. Patience, kindness, goodness too. Not just for me, but all of you. And that's only six. There's three more. Wow. But there's... What, the, what about the song? Oh, that's my mom. She wrote that song, so I remember it. Oh, okay. So there was more. Yeah, there was okay. more. Okay. <laughs> that's only six of the fruits that we all need. Galatians 5, lists all nine and verse 22 and 23. Can you remember? Can you remember the last three? Uh, well, the, I'm, well, I'm looking at it. So okay, look at it. I won't ruin it. That's oh, all right. Okay. Uh, j- uh, patience. No, Faith, excuse faithfulness. me. Faithfulness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There you go. Yeah. Those last three. So those, um, I I, I want to start unpacking what that is all about. Because mm-hmm. it's really easy to say, hey, just be gentle. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Does that mean be passive? Does that mean, what does that mean? I'm supposed to love somebody. I have a glimpse of what that means through what we even talked about today with how God loved me and I'm supposed to love others, you know, but do I still know what that means in a very political season where we all feel like we are right? You know, we're going to be the, we're going to be voting for the right person. Mm -hmm. And if you're against me, then you're, you're Wrong. wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. How do I love people even through that? How can I commune and and fellowship and stand for Christ and also stand for others? Not necessarily for their belief system, but I want them to know I am for you. Right, right. Just like Jesus is for me when I mess up. And and it's not even, <laughs> I'm not even saying it's that. We talked about this on last week's podcast. If they're in the wrong, how do I go about lovingly telling them that they're in the wrong? Those are moments that we need to pick out with the Holy Spirit. But am I on board with my faith enough to know whose I am and who I am in Christ to be able to help anybody else. I have trouble with my own person. How in the world am I going to help anybody else? You know? Yeah. I, I think that when we display these things, love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, it's one of those things. It's all of those things that will make somebody go, what's different about that person? Mm-hmm. I just insulted them. Them, I insulted their political candidate. I insulted their faith mm-hmm. and it didn't seem to phase them. Yeah. And it's, it's the how these are, these are really good examples of the how mm-hmm. that we're able to win people over for Jesus. And Carter, I want to point out, these are not feelings. Yeah, that's true. Think of it as a tangible item at a Holy Spirit grocery store that you pull off a shelf. Think of it like that. And then you realize Oh, I don't feel joy. I don't feel like loving that person, right? It is nothing to do with your feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are character traits that you come by because in your genetic code through the Holy Spirit is now a part of your DNA. And if I'm not utilizing them, it's like sitting in that gorgeous fancy car and not turning on the ignition key. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to grab hold of who I am in Christ so I can grab hold of stronger faith. If I invest in that, I will be able to pass it along to others. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so tough because, you know, like you said, we'll just take, um, 
we'll take kindness, for example, it's, you may not feel it, but at the same time, you could be kind to somebody's face and then talk about them behind their back. But no, it, it goes, it goes more. You, mm-hmm. you kind in front of them and behind their back, even if internally it's like, man, this person just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. But I'm still going to respect them to their face and behind their back. I'm going to talk well yeah. of them, yeah. even if it just, I cannot stand this person. Yeah. That's just an example that comes to mind that we may not feel it, but it doesn't mean just putting on a facade either. Oh, no, no, no. Genuinely acknowledge the fact that you're not feeling it. Lord, yeah. I am not feeling this. Change my heart, please. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the uh, scripture. I remember Lee Strobel's wife um, famously prayed over him. I think it's Ezekiel 36, 26, something like that. Uh, but it's talking about change his heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, God's capable of a lot. And if yeah. you get him on board, are you kidding me? He wants you to ask him for stuff. And he declares in his word, if you lack wisdom, I will give it to you. I want you to be the best version of you. I died for you. So I need to do a better job of saying, Lord, I am seeking out some kindness right now for this individual because I don't feel it. Yeah. And I know that it, this isn't about feeling. It's about changing my heart. Will you change my heart? It can kind of go to God giving us stuff like material things. But this is the stuff that the Bible's talking about when we are fulfilled and prospered and all the good things that God wants to give to us. I mean, this is a big part of it right here. It is. And I think we could do this. Here's the thing. When you look at a big old picture of Thanksgiving, there's usually this horn of plenty, also fancy word, the cornucopia. The cornucopia. Yes. And mm-hmm. out of it is all this fruit. And it's just an easy thought for me, the fruit of the spirit at this Thanksgiving time. Could we maybe start a series about each fruit? Because each one is its own thing. And you would think, well, I know what thankfulness is. I I mean, I I know what this is. Do we? Let's do it. The next few weeks, let's talk about each one and kind of explore love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which is a big one in today's day and age. And clearly I need to go over them again. I think I just put thankfulness in there as a fruit of the spirit. It's not even, it's the 10th fruit. That's How a lot. How dare you? You real. can't add fruit to this. Okay. I just sang the song. You just. <laughs> what happened? Uh, uh, uh. Clearly we're oh. all going to learn something together. Okay. This is going to be good. Over the next few weeks, we have asked that you join us for the Fruits of the Spirit series. We are Rochelle and Carter. Make sure to check out HopeOnDemand.com for a whole bunch more of People that demonstrate this, these fruits of the spirit. And we'll see you next week and come hungry. <laughs>